There's a boat race in the city There's a slow boat on my mind Everybody's going like crazy I'm taking my own sweet time I Take a drive down South Street No traffic in my way It's here I can find a little peace of mind Down in Glades Bay There ain't gonna be no hurry There ain't gonna be no rush Don't need a lot Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by ProLineStadium.com, Atlantic Canada's home field for great sports betting. It is a great time of year to be a sports fan, and it just got even better with the new ProLine offers where you can earn up to $50 per week in parlay tokens now until June 25th. Every wager of $15 or more on a three-pick parlay on ProLine Stadium Bets or Fantasy will earn you a $10 token that can be used on any sport. Tokens must be used on a parlay of three or more picks and will expire July 31st. Bet on ProLine all season long at ProLineStadium.com or download the ALC app. Must be 19 years of age or older. Please play responsibly. I hope everyone's doing well out there on this Wednesday morning, afternoon, evening doesn't even have to be Wednesday, whatever time you're listening to the podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. Congrats to the Vegas Golden Knights last night on winning the Stanley Cup. I heard that they had the most Canadian players out of any NHL team. So there you go. You can write home about that. That's great. Um, great series. I know basketball just ended as well, so I think it's truly summer. When the basketball and the hockey is over, that's when you really uh, that's when you soak in the race for me. Um, so yeah, congrats to Vegas and, you know, getting guys like Logan Shaw on here in the middle of the summer, or I guess the start of the summer, whatever, just the summer. It, uh, it gives me validation that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It, it, it's just a blessing. I don't take any guest that comes over here for granted, but you know, even having Morgan Barron on the other day and having Logan come now, these guys are busy. They're, they're, they just get home from their busy NHL professional hockey schedule and they want to spend time with their family. And there's a part of me, I don't feel bad reaching out, but it's just, it, it, it's, I can't describe the feeling that they're just willing to take an hour out of their day just to talk. It's, it's a, it's a really great feeling that I take pride in. I don't take for granted. And, um, and I'm just, I'm just the lucky guy that I get to do this. So, uh, Logan Shaw, the best there is. I don't think there's a really a better guy out there. Um, Logan was the captain of the Toronto Marlies this past year, playing 69 games, putting up 69 points. If you don't know hockey or don't know stats or you don't know numbers, that is called a point per game player. And that's a very, very, very tough thing to do in any professional sport. Um, so Logan's coming off an incredible year. Logan was drafted by the Florida Panthers in 2011 in the NHL entry draft, third round, 76th overall, playing his junior hockey with the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. They were called the Screaming Eagles back then. I actually had a couple games played against them when I was with the Mooseheads. I remember he got an overtime goal at the Metro Center. I was on the bench. And he scored. It sucked, but, you know, it's good for him, I guess. Uh, played for the Quebec Ramparts as well. I'm not sure if Patty Wall was his coach. I'll have to ask him. And then after Quebec, uh, moving on to the AHL, uh, playing in San Antonio, Portland, Springfield, San Diego, Manitoba, uh, Belleville. And this past year, being the captain of the Toronto Marlies. And in between those times in the NHL, played for Florida, Anaheim, Montreal, Winnipeg, and Ottawa. Uh, grizzled vet Shaw is. It's crazy how time flies. I just remember playing against them. It feels like it was last year. So last time he was on also, I think he just had a newborn. That might have been two years ago. So I want to talk to him about fatherhood, uh, see how he's liking that, and just catch up. It's going to be a great episode. I'm Justin. We're talking to Logan Shaw. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. Logan Shaw in the studio. How are you, sir? Good, good. What's going on? This is it. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Yeah, happy to be here. How old? How old your son now? He's uh, three. 
Three. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do one for every year that he's he's around. Yeah, I like that. I like <laughs> yeah. that. I remember the last time you were here, he was a toddler, and you were just getting used to fatherhood. So you're three years in now. Yeah, how's it's, uh, it's it's awesome. You yeah. know, I, it's something that obviously I don't would never want to change. It's uh, you know watching him grow every day. You know, especially this year, going from you know two to three, there was a lot of progress, and um, just watching him develop and become his own person, it was uh, it was pretty cool. You know, he had a he had a good daycare and stuff in Toronto that. Um, you know, he's speaking, he doesn't stop talking now, you know, last year we were worried that he wasn't talking and now it's, you know, the complete opposite. You can't, you know, we have dead bolts on all the doors, so he can't get out on us and you know, he just wants to go outside and play and explore and, um, everything's, everything's good. Does he understand what his dad does for a living? Um, he loves coming to the rink to see the Zambonis. He loves, you know, running around with other kids, you know, in the dressing room, every game after they, like, they come in, they run around, they're in the gym, every game, doesn't matter when oh, or yeah. lose, it's just, there's a good family mentality there in Toronto, and um, I'm not sure if he knows, but he loves, he started, I, you know, he doesn't, I wouldn't say he loves hockey, I'm never going to, you know, force him to do anything, but he loves coming to the rink now and just kind of hanging out and running around with other kids and being nosy so it's it, it was it was a lot of fun this year for me in that side of it do you think that means a lot to other guys not necessarily with the marlies but just with any other professional sports organization that the organization accepts the wives the kids just around like i know some teams get like a box for all the girlfriends and the wives and things like that does that stuff go a long way when it comes to like i don't know renegotiating a contract with another team oh i mean that side of like your you know you're like my wife and my you know my son like that's my that's what holds us together right and i mean if it wasn't for them i don't know if i'd be where i am so um everywhere you go you want them to make sure that they feel as comfortable as can be and make sure that they feel like they're a part of it and make sure that you know they know that you know if it wasn't for them that you know things might not work out not even just for like my family but you know our, our team as a whole like everyone has you know someone that's kind of supporting them and um helping them out and um the Marlies, of course, you know, they're first class and, you know, they supported us from day one, like family wise, you know, when I first signed, they sent Hayes in a package with care package with Jersey and, you know, mini stick and a little mascot and, um, things like that. And then, like you said, like they have a little box for the, for the wives to go up and, um, just to, you know, like for her, like for Kelsey, it's different just because it's hard to sit in the stands with a three-year-old and sit there and watch a game for, you know, two and a half hours. So, um, our team is very family oriented inside of like we play every our, most of our games are at four o'clock so oh, you know yeah. they get to come to all the games it's you know it's it's more of a family-based uh, atmosphere um but they have the box they have food they have you know they can the kids can go up there and run around and not to sit in their seats the whole game so um and that side of it they, they had a great year in that too you know it, it was just a lot of fun for after the game they have a place called uh, marley's alley out back and they just come down the kids just play basketball play hockey they just run around it's awesome it was a, it was a really cool experience this year four o'clock game start i'm Did- not sure why i'm not sure if it's like the leafs play a lot too at seven so i'm not sure if it's because the the brass kind of want to see both but um i love it i like you just wake up have breakfast go to the rink play hockey and then you're you know your dinner time i can go home i can you know get ready for bed with the little guy and um you know go for dinner if you want but the four o'clock games i think it's just that way you get more families in the rink it's a cheaper option than going to watch the leafs um and you know you get you know you get a mom a dad and a couple kids in there for the price of a ticket for one you know for for one to the leafs game so it's a nice way to do it i think and for me it's i would prefer that over a seven o'clock game just because you don't have to think about it all day you just get up you go play and then your day's over yeah yeah, that'd be nice. Some guys, some guys love like the noon game. Some guys like the seven o'clock game. Four o'clock's right in that sweet spot. If you yeah. like it, you go with it. Yeah, I would go anywhere between like one between one p.m. and four p.m. would be my ideal. But uh, you know, it doesn't matter what time it is. But just seven o'clock, they can be long days sometimes. But yeah. you know, I'm not complaining about it. But it's you know, ideally, it'd be between one and four. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, growing up in Nova Scotia, you and I both. You always hear about these three words: the GTA and playing hockey there, and how. Uh, you just hear, you know, you hear words like Mecca. You hear words like, you know, there's a million kids compared to there's a thousand kids here and all those uh, conversations you have. But actually being in the middle of it, obviously you're playing professional sports, but being in the middle of the GTA, did you find the, I guess I could use words like media a little bit more hype. Did you find things like uh, pressure a little bit more hype? Did you find just the overall sense of being in the GTA a little bit, you know, whoa, everyone calm down here? Um yeah, I wouldn't say as much with, you know, with our team. I mean, obviously, you know, up top with the Leafs, like it's even at like that we share a practice rank and if they're practicing after, it's just like the media's all rolling. It's just, there's a lot, you know, you can 
only imagine the pressure that those guys have. But um, the only, the biggest thing for us was we had great crowds. We have a nice rank for, you know, American League. We have a great setup. Um, the biggest thing I would say noticing going to, like, the, you know, the that area, the greater Toronto area is just traffic. You know, like you're – you go back to Cape Breton if you want to go somewhere and you have to be there in 15 minutes, you can leave, you know, 16 minutes before just to make sure you're there on time. Um, but, you know, you have to give yourself a, like an hour buffer if you're trying to get somewhere 20 minutes away just in case. Um, but, you know, the it was an uh, an awesome experience for us. Just, you know, if, I wouldn't say we even do a lot of things. Like my family, we don't, we don't do a lot of like big city things when we were there. Um, there's just the option that if you want to do something, you can, you know, it's which is fine. Like for, for our routine, it's, you know, I wake up, go to the rink, he goes to school, pick him up from school. And then, you know, at home we just play in the nighttime. It's dark early in the winter anyway, but um, you know, on the weekends, if we wanted to do something, we could, and yeah. I'm not saying we did a ton of things, but um, just to have that option that you can literally do anything you wanted to do in Toronto. was, it was pretty cool. It's funny. The intro to this podcast, it was like the Glace Bay theme song. And I only played the first 40 seconds of it. And I think there was three times it was referenced that there's no traffic in Glace Bay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there's, there's not, there's maybe two, two streetlights and that's it. Yeah. No, well, that's uh, you know, that's great. It's it, it almost, it sounds like you're just describing like a regular job, like the way yeah, I dropped the kid off at school. I go to work, I come home and you know, if there's things we want to do, we just do them. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was just, I, you know, we, we enjoyed it and I'm happy I signed a couple of years there just because, you know, we're looking forward to going back. That's wicked. Um, you replaced the guy Clune that was a captain for, I think seven years before you, I was wondering if you guys had a conversation before handing the C over. Yeah. He, uh, so he took a role on player development with the team anyway. So he was kind of around every day. Um, so obviously before, you know, the season kind of got started, we, we talked quite a bit. Um, and he did a great job. You know, he had a tough, tough couple of years with, you know, some some personnel that were in, you know, in, in the, on that team. But um, he let everyone that was there when I got there, he left them. You know, that what he did was, uh, I know there's not many words to describe what he did. He taught them how to be pros. He taught them, you know, the right way to do things every day. And uh, it made my job a lot easier going in there and trying to continue that and trying to teach these guys uh you know, how to be professionals, how to come in every day and work like, um, you know, like you have to be and how to come in and work to, to make sure that you're trying to be the best and make each other, you know, better every day and try to make that next step to the NHL. I, when I was looking at your roster of the Marlies, I looked at the turnover rate. So many guys played in the AHL and the Marlies this year. Did, did you find it difficult at all to, I don't want to say demand respect in the room, but keep uh keep the same mentality of each and every guy coming through to make sure that you know we're here to work and we're here to win did did you find that difficult at all uh no i no? mean we had such a great group of guys in that dressing room um you know our leadership group you know the older guys that we had we kind of all worked together and you know good cop bad cop sometimes but it was uh you know, sometimes some guys go out for beer. Sometimes, you know, guys go out just for dinner and hang out. Like, we had a good group and good uh, chemistry in that side of it. And um, with how many people came through, it was just the next man up. I mean, for the first half of the year, we were kind of un- untouchable. And um, it was just, the you know, the way we were playing was the, the guys that we had in there. And then the Leafs deadline came and kind of uh, they got rid of some of our guys with, with some of the moves that they made. And that kind of hurt us a little bit um, offensively. But we just had to adjust to um how we were playing we had to win in different ways we had to find a different way to play and a different way to to win and um everyone in that dressing room kind of bought in right away and it was just let's just try to keep this rolling and um do what we have to do to, to win so everyone did their job and it was very easy in that dressing room that's great to hear because you think of it and you go you have guys coming into professional hockey for the first time ever and they you know they want to see the spotlight they want everything and then you have guys like yourself that have been there and know what it takes to be a professional hockey player i just thought from the outside looking in it would just be an interesting balance of personalities in one room that's, it, a, that's what i was trying to get at. it is and every sports team is like that but i think the american <clears throat> league is unique into the sense of it's exactly that you have guys come in there that may think they're hot shots and they, you know, they shouldn't be there. You have guys coming in there that, you know, are biting at the, you know, the bit to get to the NHL. You have guys that have been in the NHL coming back and, you know, they're satisfied there. You have guys that are sour that they're there because they've been in the NHL for so long. Like there's so many different kinds of ways to look at it. But, um, you know, if you have, and I'll give our, you know, the, the GM's credit there, they, they built uh, a dressing room through culture more so than through skill or, um, 
and and it, it paid off like it, there was no no days in that room and i and i mean it there was no one in that room that it was like oh, okay like, like if we get rid of this guy it might help you know like kind of really it, it was just it was just really good everyone kind of bonded well and um you know i'm sure there's some guys when someone got called up some guys were probably like oh i wish that you know that should have been me that kind of thing that's just human nature but um everyone did a pretty good job at least of you know if so, if you got called up and i was still sitting there i was going to work harder that day because i was mad rather than sitting there and pout you know everyone just kind of took the right mentality of it and um again it's to the you know the gm and the leadership group for kind of bringing that on 69 games played 69 points was there like a stretch at the end or it's like i need one point here i need two points like how <laughs> or did it just work out perfectly um What's wrong with those numbers? No, there's nothing wrong with those numbers. That's a great number. I'm just, it just, it worked out to a, a it worked out. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I, I had a, I had a good year personally. I mean, obviously it was my best year I've had. Um, last game of the season, I think I had, uh, three or four points to, to get to a point a game, um, which was, you know, was a pretty cool moment for, for us. Um, but it was fun. I had a lot of fun playing and, you know, to be able to contribute that much offensively, it, it, it felt nice. Did you feel a different groove maybe than any, any other years getting these types of points? You have to be in some sort of a rhythm. Yeah, for sure. And especially early on, um, I should say the whole year I played with players that were probably shouldn't be in the American league. They're really, really good players. Um, real smart cerebral players. And, uh, it just, you know, chemistry kind of clicked right away and, um, started the year well. And, you know, when that happens, you feel good and you just, you know, you, f- you feel good, you play good. You yeah. just kind of, it was honestly one of those years where it felt like, you know, if it just, everything was going right. Um, you know, obviously in playoffs went to, you know, weren't as good, but, uh, personally it was, it was just fun. It was fun to contribute that much. And I played in, you know, a coach trusted me a lot and played in every situation and, um, Oh yeah. PK in power play. Uh, I, I was playing everything. It was everything. Nice. Yeah. It was, it was just a lot of fun, you know, just to be able to be trusted. And for me, it, it was, it helped, to have, you know, a little bit more voice in the dressing room, you know, playing in all the situations and, you know, that way the team, my teammates could rely on me and trust me. And when I talk to them and try to teach them that, it, you know, it just meant a little bit more. For sure. And going into the organization with the C on your chest, going into that room, there's confidence for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that was another cool thing when, um, you know, obviously I was very honored to be named captain there, but just to talk about, you know, how the Marlies run their, you know, and the Leafs as well, but the Marlies run their organization. Um, they flew my parents in to um, try to surprise me for being named captain. And then they had uh, my mom, my dad, you know, my wife and my son. They they brought them into the rink one day when you know we just had a team meeting. They brought them in and named it. It was it was really cool. They gave us a little box with a jersey and stuff, and it was it was pretty cool. Did they surprise you with it, or like did you know that they were coming? No, I didn't. I knew that my parents were in Toronto because they 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 came to my house, um, but I didn't know they were coming to the rink. I okay. didn't know what they were there for. I didn't know that they were doing that. But so it was pretty cool. The little things, eh? Yeah, just the yeah. little things. That's right. incredible. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the pitch with the Jays. That was pretty special. Yeah, I was pretty nervous. Was, was that a surprise? Or was that? Uh, I knew it was coming. The I had throw like a, looked great. I had like a month to practice. We had it like taped out. <laughs> I had a month we had like practice. behind their dressing room. It was like kind of like a big area where uh, the Argonauts gym used to be. And we had it taped out. We had the 60 feet, six inches from, you know, from the mound to the plate. We were practicing there with the baseball gloves for like a couple of weeks. Uh, you know how far 60 feet, six inches is when you're standing there throwing a ball? It, it, it doesn't sound far, but I'm telling you, when I stood there, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> like, I, I was a little nervous. Um, but obviously, I was pumped. Like, I was super excited to do it. I, it was a cool thing for our team. We got the we had a box out there for the whole team up top. And um, when I was, that's funny, I was going to, to do it, and I was taking the train down. I was, we lived like two minutes from a train station, so I would just take the train downtown anytime we were going rather than driving, just getting stuck in traffic. So I was on a phone call. I had my headphones in. I was waiting. I got the train station. I was like, okay, I think my train was like kind of supposed to be here. Like, it was just, you know, I was like, okay, maybe it's a little bit late, a little bit late. I was like, all right. I'm like, I had to be there at six o'clock for a seven o'clock pitch. And I was like, all right. So I'm looking at my watch and then take my headphones out. I was like t- talking to a friend. I was like, I got to go. I got to figure this out. My train got canceled and I wasn't paying attention. So I was like, okay. So now I'm, now I'm hopping in an Uber. I get there at like 20 after six. Um, and I thought like, I was like, oh, these guys are going to be, you know, 
pretty ticked off at me, but I get there and it was nobody. I, I got there and I stood there for 40 minutes. I stood inside right beside the field and like the little media dugout for 40 minutes, just everyone standing. I was like, I just, I felt like that was the, honestly like the most nerve wracking part was just because I'm just standing there waiting to do this thing that I was nervous for. It wasn't like I was like getting a tour of anything, like kind of like buying time. It was, uh, but when I, when I got out there, the girl just said, when the drum roll comes, she said, throw the ball. Don't, you know, don't throw it. Don't wait for the drum roll to end because it's not going to end. Just throw the ball when, as soon as you hear it. And um, it was awesome. It was honestly a really, really cool experience. It's, you know, something that I'll never get to do again. But uh, it's 30,000 people there throwing a pitch. It was, uh, but getting a jersey with, you know, my name on it, getting the ball signed by uh, Swanson, was, it was pretty cool. I would have had a beer before. I, I, I would have been too nervous. Had something, yeah. I would have been nervous. Yeah. 30,000 people. Yeah. But the, it was, it, this would have been, uh, just before playoffs, so it would have been like mid-April. Yeah. Um, but it was like 25 degrees out. The roof, the top was open, the dome was open. It was it was an awesome night. It was a really cool experience. And obviously, I had my parents there, and my wife and kid were there again. It was it was it was really cool to do. A hundred percent. You got to get that photo framed if you throw it somewhere yeah, like that. That's sick. something you got to look back on in life. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Cool city for sports. I just got back from Boston. That's a great city. But I was in Toronto too, like a couple months ago. Just a great. They have everything. Great city, everything. You know, they have everything, and the MLSC, the Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, own pretty much all of them. Hmm. Uh, I don't think they own the Jays, but they own the Raptors, they own the Argonauts, they own Toronto FC, they own the Marlies, they own the Leafs, they own all the teams. So it's 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 pretty cool, and they treat everyone well. So I mean, why would you not want to be there? It's a big city, you know. If you don't like cities, sure, but I mean, I I lived. 12 minutes away from my game rank i lived five minutes from a practice rank and i didn't hit the highway i just take back roads no traffic it was, it was awesome <laughs> you, yeah. you live for back, no back roads, roads eh? in toronto i <laughs> yeah, guess but yeah. yeah the side roads i guess yeah no yeah. that's great yeah. i feel like you've got to experience a, a lot of different markets when it comes to professional hockey you know and that's kind of a blessing when you look down the road and when you're not playing anymore it's like yeah i got to experience all of these markets yeah it's a great thing i i think the way i look at it is um i played for a lot of teams you know both NHL, AHL, East Coast. Um, you can look at it that you know a lot of teams didn't want me. You know, kind of passing passing up. But there's also a way that a lot of teams kind of wanted you. And the way I see it is just I got to meet a lot of cool people and uh, you know, like you said, live in a lot of cool cities and different cities and cities I liked, cities I didn't like. Um, it, but you know, the biggest thing for us is we always like coming home in the summer and um, we always, you know, this year was, you know, every year goes by quicker. This is my tenth year pro and. Um, every year I, I honestly feel like it just gets quicker and quicker and quicker. And, um, you know, when you're younger, you want, you want to get home and, you know, go downtown with your friends and everything. But now is, you know, I wanted to, obviously I wanted to win. I wanted to win the color cup this year and it didn't, but once it was over, it was like, okay, let's go home. Like we're looking forward to go home and just kind of spend a couple months away from it. And, uh, just spend, you know, spend time with our friends, spend time back at our house, spend time in the Maritimes. It's just a little bit different and relaxing. What are some things you're doing to slow time down when you're playing? Um, it's tough to like, 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 like I said, my daily routine is go to the, you know, we go to the rink in the morning, come home. I usually have like an hour or two before I pick him up from school. And then when I pick him up, it's, you know, it's just with him playing with him for until he goes to bed and then it's go to bed myself and start the next. So I, I think honestly having, you know, a, a him in my life, it, it made the years go like the days go by quicker just because there's no, you're not going home, sitting on the couch, playing Xbox for four hours and you look up and then it's time to make supper. It's like, you come home and you're like, all right, you take, you know, have a coffee and you sit there and then it's all right. It's it's time to do it again. Let's go do it tomorrow. And you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. Like there's no time to just sit there and think about something that happened that day at the rink is when you get home, it's, it's time to be home and, you know, be present in that side of it. What, uh, what are things that you like to do in the summer when you're home? Cause I know it goes by so quick. I know you'll be back in Toronto when probably August, September, but things you like to accomplish while you're home. Yeah. Like um, anything like fix that shed in the backyard. Yeah. Like, is there actually things that you look forward to that you can't do when you're at, at work? Yeah. I, I, we have, we've been outside every day since we've been home. I mean, you know, trying to figure out my grass, like it's, you know, <laughs> it's such a bad thing to say, but like, we're just trying to, you know, it's had some dead grass that we've been, you know, aerating at Lyme and just trying to do all that thing. Just trying to pick at things. You know, I built some things in my basement, like in the utility room, like some shelving and stuff stuff that my wife won't let me do anywhere else in the house so like, i just you know trying to learn how to do things around the house um and we put a pool in so you know, we're going to spend a lot of time out there this year um just everything's with him like you know he loves exploring nature and love being outside it's all he wants to do so you know it, it's you have to almost beg him to watch a show sometimes just to sit in front of the tv just to have you know 10 minutes of quiet time and which is great you know i'd way rather him be stuck outside and 
playing in the dirt, playing in the rocks, and that's what he likes to do. So that's what that's what we'll be doing all summer. Yeah, it's the best time of year to be here. You want to be in Nova Scotia June, July, August. You yeah. want to be here. You're not missing too much during the winters, but it's nah, a good it's time. All right. yeah, yeah, it's, it's all it's right. It's always nice to be home. It's always yeah. nice to be home. Yeah. Um, I wanted to know about the fan base with the Marlies. Like, I really like how the Mooseheads approach it, and they really promote families, young kids uh mom's dad's coming to the show and i think at the beginning of the podcast you mentioned that well what is the fan base like with the marley's like who are the people um yeah it is more of a family atmosphere um but it's great you know having the kids around it's uh i think we had four four school day games as well which is uh, an 11 a.m game um on like a wednesday and it's just kids it's just like it'd be we have eight thousand people in our rank it'd be six thousand kids um, just scream. It's just like a field trip from school. Yeah, it's yeah, like, you yeah. know, it's kind of a program they have, um, which is essentially sums up how they operate. It's just, everything's based on family. And, um, you know, I shouldn't say they don't care how well they do, but you know, MLSE, like I said, owns everybody. So like how much money the Marley's make, you know, it's not, I don't think it's an overly big deal where like, they want to like kind of cater to like everyone can come watch, you know what I mean? Like if you, you, you like hockey, come watch the Marlies. It's not, it's not going to cost you 500 bucks to take your family. And, you know, you can get tickets for 20, 30 bucks, whatever it is, like a normal price. And you can come there and your whole family can enjoy it. And, um, you know, they have a lot of, uh, kids, uh, based activities where like, you know, there's face painting, there's the balloons, there's all that kind of stuff, yeah, which yeah. is just, it was, it's a, it's an older rank, um, the coca-cola coliseum uh or? yeah it is yeah That's it's, what it's, it's right at, right next to um where the fc play the the yeah. soccer um and you would never know that it's like kind of a rank it's really old looking building on the outside but once you get in it's really nice yeah i it, I, I enjoy playing there and um, we have a great set of fans honestly we had good fans all year um you know right up into playoffs there was you know there's a couple of games maybe where i think we played a playoffs game one where the uh the Leafs played the same night as us so oh, yeah. that might hurt a little bit but you know other than that a Saturday four o'clock you know we're getting five six thousand fans a night it's it's really cool do you guys fly out to Billy Bishop uh yeah mo- uh, most times um um very rarely will we fly out of Toronto uh Pearson, Pearson. Uh, we just usually park at our rink and we just walk over to Bishop and fly into wherever we're going it's it's pretty nice yeah that seems like a nice where's the travel schedule to is it tough um it's not bad i mean american league isn't like a pretty schedule it's you know you're mostly weekend games but um again we get treated pretty well and you know we're going to play laval just outside montreal it's only five and a half hour bus but they'll fly us you know we we take a plane there um if we're playing down in say like hershey pennsylvania we'll fly into philadelphia we'll play lehigh we'll bust from lehigh to hershey we'll bust to wilkes-barre which isn't bad at all where most teams would take that nine hour bus down we know we get to fly down but um yeah and that's you know that's just the american league that's their grind but that's also a part of it like we get to hang out so much on that bus like again we take two buses coaches are on one bus players are on another bus and, you know, just play cards. You, that's a good way to – you spend so much time together. And, um, you know, we spend six hours on a bus trip playing cards, and that's all you do is just talk to each other and play cards. It's awesome. It's a good way to kind of, you know, get to know your teammates better. And um, it's not like you're just going out for dinner and stuck on your phone. It's You're, you're sitting there for, for a long time, you know. <laughs> you're you're sharing your body odor smell. Like, it's a long time to sit there. And um it's, it was cool. You know, I, I, I enjoy what I do. What are some other uh, organizations that have a good fan base in the league? Um, in the AHL, it's, uh, it's hit or miss. I mean, some teams, if they're winning, they'll get some good fans. But, like, on a consistent basis, like, Hershey's probably up there. They'll get, you know, they're they're still playing. They'll probably get 10,000, you know, eight to 10,000 a night. Um, Lehigh Valley, same thing. These, you know, the West the West Coast is nice. Like, go down to San Diego. You can't do it in Canada for some reason, but like the dollar beer nights and everything that they have down in San Diego, it's awesome. Like you get the dollar beer nights and it's just beer cans stacked on the glass and they, they make these huge pyramids and when someone gets close, they just want to hit it. You know what I mean? Yeah, they wait yeah, for the yeah. fans, wait for it. There's a lot of cool things that they do in the American League to bring fans and the younger fans. Um, but, you know, it's 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 just fun to, to go around and see these. I wouldn't say in the, in the American League, you're not going to all these nice, you know, high-end cities, but you get to see a different part of the world, and it's it's, it's cool to do. I the, the older I get, the more I look at my life and just go, I'm doing what I'm 
you know, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm lucky to do it. When I was younger, I was like, yeah, I got to be working at this big radio station. I got to be doing this. I got to be doing that. But the older I get, the more I'm just settled and satisfied with what I'm doing. I just, it doesn't matter where I am. It, yeah. And that's the way I think you're kind of going through it. You're just, you should be satisfied. Yeah. Like and you, satisfied, maybe. Like, I still obviously want to play in the NHL, but like, you, I'm sure you still want to get bigger and better as well. But yes. I think like to be happy with what you're doing is kind of a... It makes your life much easier and it makes your days a lot, you know, stress free. And, um, you know, obviously there's stress with, you know, with, with life and with the jobs, but it's, if you can go to bed every night and wake up knowing that, okay, I get, to, I get to do this again. You know, I'm very lucky to do this again. And then, um, I think you're in the right business. Well said. Uh, how's your old man? He's awesome. Is yeah. he? Is yeah. he still involved with Cape Breton? He is. Uh, he stepped down uh, as president. He's just kind of taking a step back, um, you know, it's been tough on him too with COVID and everything, trying to operate the the business on under COVID. But uh, he, when he started the as a president of the Eagles, he had no grandkids, and now he has. You know, my brother has two, and I have one. So he wants to be able to kind of you know up and leave. You know, at his at his choice. You know, through the winter and go out and visit. You know, follow me a little bit and um, go see my brother and see those kids, uh, his kids, and. Uh, you know, that's, I think that's kind of basically what it came down to is just having more free time to kind of do what he wants to do and not be, I shouldn't say be stuck in, you know, at the rank there, but just, uh, there's times where he, he has to be there. And I think there's going to be, you know, at the end of the year this year, he spent, uh, roughly, I would say he spent about a month up in Toronto with us living at our house, just kind of falling around. He, you know, he came to playoffs. He drove down from, you know, Toronto down to Utica to watch the first round. he him on the road he stayed but stayed in toronto watched the rochester series so it was just it was really nice to have him there um and i mean i'm sure he knows but like how much he means to me and you know my career and what he's done for me but um it was just cool to have him to be able to you know spend a month and you know do that you know away from work yeah it's a luxury for sure to have family with you everywhere you go it's nice um blair joseph i didn't know him but uh, seeing some posts about him on social media and the impact he had in the Cape Breton community with the Eagles specifically, did, did you knew him obviously? Yeah, I knew him quite well. Um, I had him as a coach when I played for the Eagles, um, and he there's you could talk to anybody in the hockey, you know, uh, probably in, geez, I would say Atlanta, Canada, but I don't know, I don't know how well known he is around everywhere else. But he, it's what he's done for sport in general in Cape Breton and the kind of person that he was is it's uh it's incredible and the turnout I you know I missed it on Saturday his his uh you know his memorial but the the guys that showed back up there for that you know former players of the team and uh former coaches it was just uh it just kind of goes to show what kind of person he was and what he meant to that and you know what he did for me as a young guy going into you know junior at 16 he he was the guy that would come in the dressing room and have the relationship with the players and always be there for you no matter what you wanted to talk about and um just to show you what kind of person he was i remember we were driving we were on a bus trip from cape breton we're going up to quebec somewhere and um there's that irving uh when you just get outside uh edmonston new brunswick there's an irving on the side of the road and we'd always stop in there to get a couple snacks and there's always french in there and he was walking and and bearcat is uh is his name is what he goes by and He'd be walking around, he'd be eating a popsicle and he'd be eating a popsicle. And then he gets up to the cash register, puts his empty popsicle stick down and cash register guy was obviously French looked at him and Bearcat was like, I don't want it, buddy. He was like, I didn't like it. And the guy's laughing at him and Bear and Bearcat goes, ah, just kidding, Bucky, just kidding. Puts down some money and he has about $20 in Monopoly money and he slides it over to him. And uh, the guy obviously didn't, you know, didn't take it, but uh, Bearcat, you know, that's just the kind of person he was. He was always trying to lighten the mood. He was always... Uh, just looking for, you know, a couple laughs to make sure that everyone, you know, felt lighthearted. And, you know, on a long 12-hour bus trip, he was still trying to make sure that everyone was uh, having the best time. And, um, you know, I'll never forget, you know, what, what Bearcat's done for me and what he's meant to me and what he's meant to our community back home and um, what he means to, you know, the Cape Breton, you know, at that point, the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. And, um, yeah, he, he was just a special, special person. Where did the um, nickname Bearcat come from? Do you know? That's a good question. No, I, I don't know the exact answer for that one. He probably, you know, I don't know. That'd be a better question for somebody else. Yeah. No, but no, there's a tremendous amount of things about him online. So he just seemed like a guy you want to sit down and have a beer with. Awesome. We would yeah. always go visit him in the summer. We used to have a, a golf tournament in Inganish. It was kind of more so just, you know, about 12, 
12 former players in the Eagles that, you know, we were all kind of friends with. And then there'd be, you know, five or six staff, even our coach from Quebec would come down and we would just kind of hang out at uh, our education uh, coordinator's house and we would play a couple of rounds of golf, have a barbecue, we'd spend a night or two there. And it was just about 15 or 20 of us. You know, we did that for, I think it was three or four summers and it was just called the, the Bearcat Open or the Bucky Open. It was, it was, and he was, he was there playing. It was just a way to get together and it was just something that he wanted to do to make sure that you know we were all staying in touch talking about those early days of being in cape breton do you think that that helped your junior career and moving on into the pro career you just hear about some guys you know maybe they'll go to rouen they're young they don't know french and it, you know maybe the development isn't there do you think playing in cape breton really helped you at the, the beginning of your career uh i do personally i mean i wouldn't change anything that i've done in my career just you know i've been very fortunate but i think being I, I was always you know I loved being at home at a young age I probably wasn't ready to leave if I was drafted somewhere else in the queue but you know being able to go to high school with all my friends uh, being able to graduate high school I you know I played there for three and a half years so when I I went to uh, Sydney Academy for three years every year until the season was over and then I would go back to Glace Bay High for you know with all my friends as soon as that ended so it was you know 15 minutes down the road just to being able to do that and you know live at home with my family and kind of grow up and you know learn how to do things at an older age and then when I got traded at 19 it was perfect it was you know it was at that point it was time to get out and you know learn how to be by myself learn how to you know live without my parents there every day and um, doing that at 19 is was definitely better for me than doing it at you know 16 um so i obviously think that helped me for sure was mr wall in quebec when you were there yeah he was, he was your coach? My coach yeah i had him for a year and a half yeah. wow yeah i saw you had the little interview with him yeah. there it's he's he's a great guy he's pretty powerful though like he's intimidating to to talk to but uh he's very nice he always had time for everybody um you know and you have these guys that you know, probably get off the bus. There's guys waiting for autographs. There's guys doing this, and you know, in junior, you didn't really get that. But everywhere we went, he had it. You know, we were getting off the bus, and everyone's yeah. just waiting for him. Everyone's waiting to get his autograph. And you know, I wouldn't say he did everybody, but he always had time for people. And um, you know, he was a very good coach. You know, I was older when I got there. I think he's a little um, harder on the younger guys, but um, obviously, you know, he knows how to build a championship team, and he knows how to coach one. So. I noticed, uh, you know, the, a lot of the interviews he was doing were, were in French, but then there were some in English. And I noticed the common trait of all of his answers were, like, it's not about me, it's about them. Like, I, I've won before, and I know what it's like. It's it's about them. I'm proud for them. And I thought that was very cool. Because like you said, like, when I was down there on the ice, there was players celebrating, but, like, the, the, the media was around him. And I think he felt a little bad. He wanted everyone to look at the players yeah I, i've noticed that too in his his interviews almost everyone he said like look at these guys like look yeah. what they've done look at the adversity they face look at you know none of it was none of it was even we it was all they and um that just kind of speaks to you know what he is as a person you know what he is as a coach but um when i when i was there and we had him i mean he was he was great he was great with us we we, we built a great team um we un, you know unfortunately we fell short it was actually the year that um, would have been McKinnon and Drew Ann and Fucali were 16 year olds in the league and you know we were up three nothing on them in the series and then we end up losing in game seven um double I remember Critchlow had a couple of goals in double overtime but um you know even like even that like it was almost like the power that Patrick had on the team like the, the not the power I should say like the the way we felt like how much we wanted to win how much he wanted to win we just we were all kind of defeated and um he didn't come in and you know he wasn't all sour face or anything he came in and he just gave a good message and he gave a message you know just remember what this feels like it's kind of the message that i pass on to um you know to players now when you know you lose in playoffs is just remember what this feels like and you know how much it sucks and um just take that with you and you know hopefully you never feel that feeling again you know you want to win every year obviously you can't but uh how much it sucks to to lose and you know how hard you work all year and then you fall short it's it's a it's a it's a shitty feeling. Did you hear Giannis's post-game press conference when they lost, I think, game seven in the Western Conference final? Basketball guy? Like the, a player, a, a media guy was like, um, like, do you consider this year a failure? And he's like, no, like, it's not a failure. Like, Michael Jordan lost six times oh, yes, before he came to the NBA finals. That Was that a failure? No, it's just you got to learn to lose before you win. And yep. I don't know, very similar. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I, th I think that is a good point. And I mean... In the American League, they always say, you know, yeah, it's a development league, it's a development league. But I think in order to develop 
players and in order to develop people you have to you have to win right like if you guess you have to in order to win you're going to go through these times of you know of, of losing and even throughout a course of a season you're gonna you're not gonna win you know 72 games of what we play you're, you're gonna have these you know like it's gonna go up and down you're gonna have these times where it's gonna be tough you're gonna have times where it might be easy but I think uh, I, I agree I mean you could say there's like a failure of a year but I, I think that you take out the pause if you look at it the right way you can take out the positives of that and you know look forward and say okay what happened what did we do wrong what did we do right and you can learn from it and um, when you can, you know, you figure out how to start winning and then that's how you, you know, you develop the right way. You're going to, you, 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 you want to have winners in your organization. Do you like to lead by uh voice or by example? Like, are you a presence in the room or do you just, yeah, I, I would say, you know, that's again, probably a, a better question for someone that, you yeah. know, is on my team, but I think I, I try to do both. I wouldn't say like, I'm a guy that's going to, you know, run a million miles an hour and get all this momentum. Like I just play my game. I don't try to do anything that, it, you know, that it's not me. Um, I'll never ask someone, you know, to go fight someone because, you know, very rarely will I go fight someone. So like, I would never ask you to do something that I wouldn't do. Um, you know, all I ask is, you know, to, to give your best and, um, just do what, what you're supposed to do, you know, just do your job, do your role. And I think that goes from everybody from, you know, management side to coaches, to players and, um, in the dressing room, I just try to, again, you know, people say to just kind of be unique, be yourself and, um, you know, don't try to be someone you're not, you know, when you're speaking. And, um, you know, for me, I, I take that uh, very seriously. And, um, you know, I learned through some great leaders, you know, throughout my career. And um, again, people say, you know, if you're learning from someone, it's it's not yourself, you're not being unique. But for me, that is that is me. Like, I'll, I'll take what I want from you, what I believe is, you know, what what I would, if you believe in something and I believe in it as well, then I, well, that's 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 me being me. And if you might have said something before me, I might take it. But it's to to teach other people of you know what I see and what I believe. So um, I would say I'm a little bit of both. But um, you know I enjoy what I'm doing. I enjoy my role that I have there in that organization. Good stuff. How's um actually what how much I gotta make sure. Okay, no, we're good. How's your body? Good. You're 30 right now. Yeah. How is your body? Yeah, good. Um, I, you know, knock on wood, I was, uh, pretty healthy, pretty healthy all year. Uh, you know, a couple of flu bugs or whatever, but that's fine is, you know, I had my shoulders a little banged up, a lot of face-offs, but, um, you know, I held up pretty good. We had a great staff and, you know, in Toronto that, you know, kept me healthy, kept me fresh and, um, training here in Halifax, a couple of Cairo appointments here. It's, it's, it's nice to have a good, good crew here too. A good, good support staff here. Yeah. Arguably the best training crew in hockey is right here arguably yeah. yeah no it's for sure i mean i'm not gonna argue <laughs> yeah. it. it's, uh, i'm very fortunate to be a part of the you know from you know alexi in the gym to you know the proactive guys at the you know rehab stuff i think it's uh i'm, I'm very fortunate to, to to have what i have here um coming into the summer at this point do you look about maintaining a career or do you look about getting stronger do you know the question i'm trying yeah, to ask yeah, like yeah um i think now i would say it's both like you know my trainer asked me this morning was my first day with him you know today was, you already got a workout in today yeah yeah, yeah. what time uh, were you up <laughs> not bad it wasn't too bad holy smokes um <laughs> the, it was just he said what do you you know every year we kind of talk about what we wanted to work on what we want to do what we want to focus on like in my side of things and Today it was more so of my and my answer was this you know the same as what we have been and we kind of been getting away from all this heavy lifting and it's more so um, mobility it's movement we still have weights and we still do weight days but it's more for me it's all about I want to be able to make sure that I stay healthy through a 72 game year and doing that you know trying to stay lean stay stay fit and you know um i kind of know my body now and, yeah. you know, and even working with you know my trainer for as long as i have we we kind of have a good relationship with that and um if we go through <coughs> excuse me if we go through a phase and, and you know it's kind of not what we're looking for we just talk to each other about it and we'll adjust it for the next phase but um right now it's just about you know trying to make sure we stay healthy um there's always rooms for improvement um you know i want to make sure that i can get better stronger down low and you know be able to play low and um you know fend guys off but um it's just about uh for me you know i started skating already just get back on the ice stay fresh and, already and 
yeah, it's just, you know, it's, that's just your routine and no, not that much. It's just twice a week right now to get back on the ice and feel good. So what, what does it mean to enjoy a summer then? It's just, it just work and then relax. Is that pretty much it? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, we got our workout done early and then normally if, you know, on a Wednesday, if I wasn't doing this right now, I'd be, I'd be home already and you know, be outside playing. Yeah, um, fixing the lawn. Yeah, exactly. And the rain doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. We just put the rain suits on with him. He just wants to go play in the puddle. So, uh, it's rain or shine. It's, 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 uh, our days are, our day in the summer days, you know, they aren't much, much shorter. Like the, the, the sun is up longer, but our days just feel just as quick. Sorry. Um, you know, we wake up, I train, go skate, come home, and it's go play. And, you know, it's awesome. I it's a good life. It. Yeah, I wouldn't change it. I wanted to ask, um, from the time you and I played against each other, a little plug for myself, when you got that overtime goal in Cape, no, in Halifax. From that time, I think it was like 2010 to 2023, so 13 years. Over the course of those 13 years, what have you seen change within the game? In terms of speed, in terms of yeah. skill, in terms of like, what's the one attribute you go, wow, the game of hockey has changed? Because watching on TV, it's a whole different thing, yeah. but on the ice. That's a good question. Um, I think, obviously, this, I think everyone would say it's the speed. I mean, the size of guys. There are some smaller guys in yeah. hockey now, but this, like, if you look at a team like Vegas, they're not small. You know, I mean, they're just as big as they were in 2010, but they're just faster. They, you know, they play faster. They play, you know, they move the puck quick. They, they're still big, strong guys. And, um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. I think the game's definitely gotten a little younger. Um, there's not as many older, older players. And, you know, especially in the American League, they're, you're only allowed to have five five veterans on a team so it's kind of like uh, you're limited in that sense so yeah. it is a young young league but um in the game in general i just have to say it's the speed i mean you well, look it's at quicker. it quicker yeah it's got it's got quick and skill it's probably got more skill over the last you know 13 years like there's more skilled players in the league doing these skilled plays that you know you or i couldn't do so it's it's it's, <laughs> it's fun to watch i think the game is growing i think uh it's going in the right direction i you know I don't know if I should, I, I don't, like, I think there is a place in the game for, you know, the rough stuff. I think like taking it out, you know, what they're talking about in the Quebec league. I don't think that's, that's the answer. And I understand that, you know, different people have different opinions, but you know, for me, it's uh, hockey. That's our game. That's part of our game. And, um, you know, it's kind of just patrolling the, you know, the game within the game and, and, and it's just, it's fun to be a part of. And if you take something like that out, it might change the game. So it definitely will change the game. I think they'll do it and they'll have a year with, without like an instigator rule. And then I think they'll make a mistake. They'll realize they made a mistake and they'll go back to it. I think that's what it's going to come down to. And there'll be more injuries. I just think that guys will play outside of their game. If you take it out, like guys will might try to do things that they probably shouldn't do or wouldn't do if there was fighting in the game. Um, You know, it's like, I'm not Maybe if they're playing with a cage, like you would do more, you'd block a shot with your face if you had a cage on. But if you take your cage off and put a visor on, you're not going to do it. So you know you might act a little tougher if there's no fighting, and if there is fighting, you probably wouldn't do or say something that you would do out there. So it just changes the game a little bit in that side of it too. I heard the A is like ten times rougher than the NHL, just in terms of guys trying to make a name for themselves to try to get up. Yeah, have little weasels. There's a little bit of yeah, there is, and but that's that's part of it, and that's. That's why I do respect it because guys are doing it because that's what they think is going to get them to the next level. And guys will do whatever it takes to get to the next level. And that's something that you got to respect. And I mean, sometimes it sucks and you play against those kind of guys, but he's out there trying to do what he thinks he has to do to go play for his NHL team. And, um, you know, if that's fighting, if it's, you know, just being a, a little pest, being a little rat out there, then that's what they're going to do. And if that's what's going to get them paid, then why wouldn't you do it, right? <laughs> like you get to play hockey for a living and um, do something that you like to do. Oh, yeah, fair enough. We're living in a YouTube era where kids are seeing things online and they're trying to mimic it and then get to the NHL with it. And I guess if you can't pull those skills off, you got to do it another way. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting conversation for sure. Yeah. Um, plans from now until going i guess we have already touched on that from what you're doing this summer you're fixing the lawn you're training yeah um, but when do the intense skates start with uh the big dogs around here yeah i mean you just wait for the call yeah exactly yeah. you know if i get back out there i'll be fortunate but yeah. it's usually july sometime yeah um it's doesn't matter who's out there it's still fun to be out there it's always competitive um you know we have like skated yes we had about 15 guys out there yesterday it was good skate really good skate competitive did some skill stuff um 
but other than that you know i'll try to get to the golf course every now and then when i can and nice. um, where are you playing at i got some rounds at Brunello right oh, now yeah. but i'll play wherever i mean just like getting out there every now and then and it's a nice course it's just it's a tough track but it's 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 well maintained so i like playing it yeah it's top five in the city i'm well, not in the city top five in hrm it's yeah. really nice yeah played yesterday yeah it's good yeah tough, it's though. fun it's yeah. it's just nice. it's like the extra like uh it's just like when you pull up they're like hey mr belanger yeah, exactly. can i take your bag it's just like the extra you pay a little extra money but like it it's worth it yeah it's, it's a nice uh spot. Yeah, I lost. I played only played once so far this year, and I lost a lot of balls. But it's, you know, it's something you can work on. That's that's why I like golf. Is you go out there and it's kind of away from everything else. You're just kind of with you. And uh, any individual sport is tough mentally, but I think uh, it's just you know you know you can do better, and you just try to keep getting better every time. Do you get any golfing up there in Toronto? I played earlier in the year in the fall when yeah. we first got there, but um, towards the end of the year it was more so just focused on playoffs and um, wasn't wasn't trying to golf. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It's a great getaway, though. I love it. It gets your mind off yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, one little piece. We we had a little bit the other day about uh, guys starting Q camp, young guys going in, trying to make a name for themselves and, and trying to crack a roster. A lot of Nova Scotia. How many Nova Scotians got drafted? What was the number? If you don't know, don't, don't, don't. If you don't know, okay. A lot of Nova Scotians got drafted to the Q, and they're going to be going to camp for the first time. And I wanted to get a piece of advice from you to those kids going into camp for the first time on how to make a name for themselves. Yeah, again, it, it doesn't change. Like, it, it doesn't change from junior. It doesn't change when you get to pro. It's just be who you are. Don't try to be someone you're not. Don't try to be a player that you're not. Don't try to go there and be this tough guy if you're not a tough guy. You know, do what what got you to where you're at, and what got you the you know the chance to, sorry, <coughs> what got you the chance to to do what you're able to do, and I think uh, you know if you look at those kids going, they're going to be nervous, they're going to be you know excited, but that's that's all a part of it, and you know moving away at 15 or 16, how you know some of these kids are, um, they're still lucky, you know, they might only play one year junior, they might play five years junior. I think just take the time that you like, just make sure that you know that you're you're very lucky to be in the position that you are and um just do what like again just do what got you there do don't you know if you're just if you're a hard-working player and um that's how you know you want to be a third line player then go then go do that but then try to be the best third line player that you can be go try to be the best um skill guy that you can be just always try to be the best but i think go in there with the right mindset and um just just work work every day that's you know that's kind of the where I was the way I was brought up is just you know work as hard as you can every day and um, try to get better and you know good things will happen Logan you're the man I appreciate you coming on I really do thank you very much I appreciate it I wish you the best of luck next year and uh, hopefully we'll, when we're up in Toronto we'll come and catch a game yep thank you let's do it enjoy your summer thanks you too um everyone listening thank you very much for tuning in once again without you this podcast goes nowhere thank you for clicking tuning in watching listening everything above we're out peace used to make me smile and i knew if i had my chance that i could make those people dance and maybe they'd be happy for a while But February made me shiver With every paper I deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried When I read about his widowed bride But something touched me deep inside the day The music died So bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee But the levee was dry And them good old boys Were drinking whiskey and rye Singing this'll be the day that I die This'll be the day that I Did you write the book of love and do you have faith in God above? If the Bible tells you so, now do you believe in rock and roll? Can music save your mortal soul and can you teach me how to dance real 
And they were singing Bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee But the levee was dry And them good old boys Were drinking whiskey and rye Singing this'll be the day that I die This'll be the day that I die They were singing Bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee But the levee was dry Them good old boys Were drinking whiskey and rye Singing this'll be the day that I die 